And here we are. It's Still Sober with John Rabin. Hello, everybody. I think this is episode 201. It is episode 201, posting on May 11th, 2022. Hope you're having a good week. If you're a sober person, I hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, I I hope you're staying sane. Man, it's a good day for me. Um, I hope you're having a good week. Um, I got a raise at work, so that's great. It immediately, like, I have a good work ethic, which is why, uh, which is the catalyst of conflict with, uh, that I've brought up in the past on this podcast of, uh, you know, like some temp help and, um, or, Coworkers or whatever with uh, attendance issues and different other things. It's the catalyst is is I have a good work ethic and I really put myself into it. And it's one thing to slack off when you're working for a large corporation that it really doesn't really matter if you put forth that extra effort or not. But it's another thing when it's a small uh, small company of four people. You know, you tend to, you're like, hey, maybe since you make up 25% of the workforce, you should um, be here, like that kind of thing. Uh, but also like when we have like temp help, like it, it, this has just been in the past. It's always been because of the, the work ethic thing. But man, you get a raise and something that you really put a lot of effort into. It's just like, oh shit, how can I improve? Which is totally not something I would have thought about 10 to 15 years ago. That would not be a thought in my head. Um, I'm not saying that sobriety makes you a better person, but it allows you to be um, it, it gives you the avenue to be a, the, a better version of yourself, the potential to be better versus always fighting against you uh, when you're fucked up. So, but regardless, 10 to 15 years ago, at no point would I be like, how can I improve in my uh, performance at my job? But also 10 to 15 years ago, I wasn't working for the company I work for and doing the things that I do. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit different. So, but it's good. I'm in a good place. And I say that, I just wanted to start off. Oh, there's another thing that I wanted. Yeah, I did comedy this past weekend. Um, and I had a, uh, had a decent set, decent set. I had a great time going up. I did a thing that I've never done, which is I took a chair on stage with me because I just wanted to sit down Um. And I told everybody I was exhausted, just, you know, in general, because of life. So that was, uh, what did I, there was something that, uh, what, oh, yeah. I, I was like looking at, I was looking at my set list going, what did I want to talk about? What was it? Uh, I did like a, tried a couple of new things and just genuinely talked. I've lost all concept of time when I'm on stage. So like I make a set list, I'm going, yeah, that looks like 10 minutes. I didn't even get through half of it. I don't even know anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. 
I mean, I know what I'm doing, but I, I don't gauge. That's why I have a list. I tell people, you know, I tell them on stage. I say, hey, I'm done memorizing shit. I'm like, look, do you want it funny or do you want it professional? I re- <laughs> that's the that's that's my motto is I uh, I'm not memorizing my stuff. I'm going to do a, just a list, and this is my this is my set. This is what I'm going to do, and I've, I've got to you know I, it's unprofessional, but I can either be professional or I can be funny. And they all go, yeah, be funny. I mean, that's what crowds want. They want you to be funny. So I had a good set. Uh, I think there were maybe two people in the audience that were my age or older. So, because I, I did a lot of uh, material about being Gen X, so it was more of a, I guess it was more for information uh, for them, you know, just to let them know, hey, youngins, here's how it, how it goes. Uh, so uh, it worked out. It was a good time. I uh, I haven't been on stage in a, in a bit. It's been god damn. Has it been like a month or? month and a half something like that i don't know i just uh when they come up like i'm not pursuing it i'm at this age where it's like i'm not gonna go out there and pursue i'm not gonna ask a 22 year old uh, hey can i get some stage time at that shitty bar that you convinced uh to let you do a comedy show at i'm not gonna do that it has to be kind of one of those things somebody who knows me asked me to do it i'll do it so, which means that I do very, you know, less shows during the year, but this is where I'm at, you guys. You get to a, a certain age, and it's, uh, you know, it's not so much a, you got other things going on. It's like, I got shit to do. I'd love to do comedy, sure, sure, but uh, yeah, I got, to, uh, I got to get the lows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh. I'm 48, man. What are you gonna? What do you expect? So being in a uh, in a good sp- headspace, being in a good mood, um, I don't have anything any kind of frustrations about anything right now that I can uh, uh, rant about. Uh, but I do have something. So it's it's more of this is going to be an outlet. Uh, I'll try to do it, not force. But this is a th- oh man, this is this has been annoying me, and. Uh, I totally uh, recommend that if you have the money, and if you don't have the money, then you take three days out of the week and that you don't buy coffee or go eat out and save your $15 or whatever, and then you use that money to pay for YouTube. Because if you're a YouTube person, I tell you, the uh, the monthly subscription for YouTube, whatever it is, I don't know, YouTube Plus, YouTube Red, YouTube Pro, uh, YouTube uh, uh, Max, whatever it is, get it. Because, I mean, no commercials on YouTube has got to be, you know, I don't remember the last time I've seen a commercial on YouTube. It's fucking great. Except when you're watching videos where people are like, oh, I, I'm, you know, let me just, uh, let's talk about Athletic Greens. Hey, do you like HelloFresh? HelloFresh, everybody. Like right in the middle of their fucking, you know, goddamn video. And I'm like, well, everybody's got to make money, I guess, for doing very little. Uh, so I'm, I'm not used to, but I am a sports fan and I like. I like the NBA playoffs 
and I like anything having to do with the NFL. Anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that. This is not news. But I do watch the NBA playoffs. So I am the type of fan, I'm going to watch it live. I'm not going to watch the YouTube videos like eight minute clips I'm going to watch it live because I'm a true fan I want to see that's the whole point of watching the game I don't have the the ADD problem where I can only spend eight minutes of watching every basket that goes in and none of the defense it's it's weird it's weird to watch an eight minute version of an NBA basketball game there may be other sports that that works where like like baseball, I would love to own, you know, if I was following baseball as slow as that fucking shit is, yeah, then you watch a nine minute video to see of all the good things, the quote unquote good stuff of baseball, but I'm not a baseball fan. Anyway, I'm rambling. So I'm watching the playoffs and this same commercial keeps coming on when I'm watching it. I watch it through Sling. Um, and the same commercial comes up on TNT. I don't know how much money fucking Hyundai spent on this, <clears throat> but it comes up all the time. And all right, you've, you, if you watch commercials, you've seen it. There's a young guy, his wife's in the car, and it's, the, it's, it's a commercial for a Hyundai hybrid vehicle. It's a hybrid. And he's pulled up to the pump and he's using a squeegee. And by the way, I wrote notes to remind myself to tell this story. And I had to Google squeegee because I didn't know how to spell it. And I realized, because I, turns out I didn't know how to spell it, but I wrote it down and I looked at it and I went, that's too many fucking E's. There's no way that that's how that's spelled. Turns out it is. There are four E's in squeegee. By the end of this story, you're going to get tired of me saying that fucking word because I get tired of the word in this commercial. The whole point of this commercial is this young dude's using the squeegee on his car and then a gas station attendant, and I guess, the, I don't know, the patch on his jacket implies that this is a gas station and also an auto shop. I've seen this commercial a lot, so I've really analyzed it because I hate it so fucking much. So this guy who's working there comes up to him and basically tells him, is like, you know, get, or asks him if he's getting gas. He's like, no, I'm just using squeegee. And he's like, and the, the attendant goes, well, no gas, no squeegee. And the guy owning the car is like, yeah, but, and, and gesturing as if by having a hybrid, you don't need gas, which is a load of shit. But that's the promotion. It's like, oh, you never need to gas up. It's a hybrid. Eh, okay. All right, man. Um, and then they do this face-off kind of thing where finally, where he goes, where he puts the, the gas in there and does like, what, like 30 cents of gas so that it's cool that he had to use the squeegee. And then the guy walks away and everybody does a funny face. And it's supposed to be funny. It's not funny. And here's what I hate about it. Everything. Um, I hate the fact that they make it sound like a hybrid car is like a Tesla. It's not. It's just some bullshit. 
I hate that this guy, first of all, I've never seen an employee at a gas station auto shop place come out, an attendant come out to the gas pump ever. I don't know where this is supposed to be, some kind of imaginary place that this is supposed to be happening because this isn't 1950s anymore where they come out and they go, you know, they're all well-dressed with a tie. They come out and uh, give you full service. There's no full service. So I don't know what this is. Also, yeah, so I'm also irritated with this guy he needs to mind his own fucking business. Just coming over, like, hey, what are you doing? Are you using my squeegee? Are you serious? Are you the owner? You don't look like the owner. You look like a guy who's just working a shift. Why don't you go back to, to doing something else? I mean, there's plenty for you. If you work in an auto shop, aren't you a mechanic? Shouldn't you be overloaded? I don't know any mechanics anywhere that don't have cars piled up all waiting. There's never no wait at an auto mechanic at an auto shop. There's always something to do. Shouldn't you be doing something else instead of worrying about getting a dollar or two dollars for a fucking squeegee job? What's the matter with you? That being said, I hate the guy with the fucking hybrid even more. Because he's sitting there. This guy pulls up to a gas station, buys nothing. He doesn't buy gas. He doesn't go inside and get a Coke. He didn't get, uh, you know, his wife or girlfriend is in the car. He didn't go get her anything. He just pulls up. So they stop wherever they're going. They're both in the car. Clearly, they're going somewhere. And he goes, honey, I got to stop. I want to squeegee the windshield. What are you, insane? There's no other reason you're stopping? You're stopping just to squeegee your fucking windshield? What happened to the windshield? Is there bird shit on it? Was it bothering you so much? You're like, well, I can't continue on with our day. Honey, we're going to be late for dinner. No, no, no. I've got to squeegee this window. Yeah, but it's a new car. Can't you just hit the thing with the, the wipers and the spray? And it, No? You're going to squeegee the fucking windshield. We're going to stop. We're going to stop what we're doing. Our lives are busy enough so that you can fucking do this. Not only that, so that you can be a freeloader and pull into this gas station and use their squeegee, use all their stuff. No, no, no. I'm not going to spend any money here. This is what I do. God, I hate that commercial so much. Clearly, by how long I've talked about it. So that's that's my advice to these fake people. You there, go do your job. Mind your own fucking business. Stay in your lane. And you, don't be such a cheap asshole. Fuck, pay for something. Goddamn freeloading prick. This is these are this is what I think about every time I see that commercial and it comes on all the time. I just remembered um, there was a thing, a new thing uh, that I did at the at my comedy set. There was a, a new bit that I had written or part of a bit that was, it was already an existing bit and I added this extra thing, but I needed to test it. And I, I instead of going to an open mic, I tested it on uh, people that I was working with. 
Uh, and it was a good thing I did too, because I tested it. And what it is is the idea, if any of you, this is what I what I was talk, what I talked about. If any of you want to do jokes, and you and you, if you're gonna do a joke, if you're ever gonna do comedy, and you're gonna do a joke about drugs, you have to keep it vague. Yeah, the more vague you you are about drugs on stage, the bigger a reaction you're going to get. I do this be, usually before. I then end up doing anywhere from three to five minutes about heroin, which totally negates what I just said, but that's the whole contrast, right? But that's the whole idea is if you, the more vague you are about the dr- about drugs in general, the more people will be like, are fine with it. They don't want specifics. The more specific you get, the more awkward and uncomfortable it gets. So like if you're on stage and you go, man, I've been doing drugs for years. Or I did drugs for years. People go, woo, yeah. But if you go, man, I used to microwave ketamine so I could snort it easier for years. Makes people uncomfortable. Right? And it and it got a great reaction. As opposed to what I tested it, because I had tested it on uh, coworkers, and I said... Uh, and I said, man, I've been doing drugs for years. Woo. Man, I've been smuggling ketamine from Mexico in my ass so that I could get it home and microwave it so it's easier to snort for years. <laughs> Which I think is funnier, but apparently it's, I don't know, it's a smuggling in the ass part. It's just too much. There's just too many words. But it didn't go over well, so I went, all right, well, maybe I'll cut out the smuggling also, you know, but on a personal level, I'm like, well, I, I never did ketamine. It's just something that's funny um, that, you know, and it's a true thing that people would microwave Special K because it makes it fluffier and easier to snort. That All that's true. Um, I didn't because, you know, heroin guy. But... Um, it's just too much. I, I I think there was just too much information, so it, it they didn't go for it. Also, it's maybe you know like no, or maybe John, it was a work setting, and that makes people uncomfortable. No, 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 no. We've been having conversations at work, and it's a very loose area. I wouldn't just go, hey, let's talk about drugs in my ass. That's that's not you know. It made it it made sense at the time. It was set up. Nobody was uncomfortable. But it was a good test to go, hey, maybe don't bring up drugs hidden in an orifice. You just shorten it, and it makes your point. And it uh, worked out. So just to give you a little behind the scenes, how I do things, test things out on people around me, um, and maybe they silently don't like it, but they seem to be having a good time, and they, and they laugh at most of my jokes. Is it uncomfortable laughter? I don't know. It doesn't seem uncomfortable. I get a good read on people. They don't seem uncomfortable. I know when people are uncomfortable. I do it often. Uh, Intentionally. Anyway. Here's another thing related to... uh, Not related to work, but uh, an individual that works for 
the company that owns the warehouse where I work. So it's not somebody I work with really, but uh, I work peripherally with. And the first time they started working there, the warehouse guy, um, I thought he was an idiot. I mean, he was acting like a goofball. He didn't seem to be doing any work and he was annoying. And I was irritated by it. And then his supervisor and I are cool came by and I was kind of irritated and he asked me what was up and I asked if the guy that was bothering me I said before I say anything can I just check with you is that new hire of yours is he special needs turns out he's not the guy I, I, I know really well looked at me kind of funny and I realized yeah okay that that was I'm like, look, I'm like, it's actually a decent question because if I'm going to shit talk somebody, I need to know if they're acting a certain way because that's who they are, that it's not, you know, that it's not them being, they're not, they're not playing grab ass in the warehouse. They're actually, you know, their special needs. I thought it was kind of legitimate. I thought it was a, you know, also it's a great way to insult somebody without, um, really going for it um so my assumption of the person based on the first opinion for first impression was that there was a moron so a couple of weeks have gone by this guy's still there but as it turns out after those first few days of him kind of annoying me at a far because i'm like this guy doesn't turns out he does know what he's doing i don't know if maybe he had social anxiety and this is him just kind of being whatever but he's kind of eased into as he relaxed he's 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 on his shit he does his job really well kind of like the guy now turns out his name is also john ironically enough so i remember it so now i'm never going to forget it but uh, I thought that was, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my name's John. Oh, well, that'll be easy to remember. Thank you. It, I bring it up because it was once again, man, it's another one of those reminders from the four agreements about uh, don't make assumptions. And that sucks. It really sucks to not make assumptions because... Um, you know, when your track record about assumptions are actually good because you get a good read on people, but then you get comfortable and you just assume, you know, then the assumption comes in that every time that first impression you get from people, you immediately, and that's who that person is, good to know, and then it never changes. Or, you you know, you try to keep it pristine that first impression like that's who that person is and then it gets chipped away slowly because they act a different way than the than what you picture them and that's who they are and it's just uh i don't know it was a great it was a nice reminder of like oh right assumptions are bad like it's okay like you get that first impression and you can use that 
you know, as useful information for future, you know, decision making. But don't, you know, don't keep, set it in stone. That's not who they are. That's who that's who they they might be. More than likely, that's who they are. But rather than be rigid, be flexible. And it was a great reminder of me not to make assumptions as often. I'm still going to make assumptions because I am who I am. You know, I'm not a, I'm not trying to be perfect. I just, uh, it's a good reminder for me. I wanted to bring that up that that's my, that's the, the thing I learned uh, recently was, uh, was reminded of is like, hey, maybe don't make assumption there, guy. So it's been a good week. I don't have a lot for you guys after that. This is this is uh, what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, any questions or comments, you can uh, email me, stillsoberpod at gmail.com. And once again, I, uh, I always appreciate um, my followers who uh, listen every week. I appreciate you guys. And let me just uh, do what I do here. So... Uh, Thanks a lot. This has been Still Sober, and I'll see you next week. Later. Yeah.